Good afternoon, I'm Darren Kelly and welcome to the Fair Green. Our very special camogie guest this week is Waterford's Trish Jackman. The Dacia's most decorated ever player, she's won All-Ireland at Junior and Intermediate with the County, as well as an Intermediate Club medal with Galtier in Crowe Park just last March. Add in five Ashburn Cups with Waterford IT and seven All-Ireland Puck Father titles, and there's still more we're leaving out. She's not involved this year, but she's only taking a break, and we expect her to be back. We're delighted to welcome Trish Jackman to the Fair Green to talk about her career and name her Fantastic Four. I'm delighted to be joined now by Waterford and Galtier Camogie player, and I'm deliberately not saying former at the moment, we'll get to that in a second, Trish Jackman, who joins us in this week's edition of the Fair Green. Trish, first, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Darren. Trish, I'm going to start this off with an apology. Because uh, between going through your career and even we were ta- talking before we organised this interview, I was nearly signing you off as retired, but I get the feeling you've not retired yet. You're just on a bit of a break. Uh, yeah, I suppose at the, at the minute, it's um, I, I knew even COVID or no COVID this year, um, it was going to be a time where I needed to take a step back. And I think unless there were, would be any radical changes in, in life, uh, for the moment it, it's not um, something I'll be able to, to commit to and um, whilst I was able to, to get through last year it was very challenging and um, certainly obviously with the uh, current situation it's just not feasible for me and to, to travel and um, ultimately I'm not prepared to, to put myself or put others in in any um, harm's way so um, yeah um, with COVID I suppose um, it's it's not possible even just to travel to see people, but uh, COVID or no COVID, I'd kind of made the decision. And even, you know, when Fergo O'Brien got in touch with me before Christmas, I said to him that it just wasn't going to be feasible for me to to be involved this year. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, been a, certainly a, a big year um, last year to to come back to. So that's kind of my current position at present. Of course, for listeners that don't realise, of course, you've been over in the UK for the last few years. Um, you've uh, lecturing and, of course, studying at the University of Lincoln, uh, lecturing in sport and exercise psychology. So it's been a massive long commute, often 11 hours, just to go over for training sessions or a match with Waterford or with your club. Yeah, so I'm here almost uh, six years now. Um I suppose initially I'd envisaged coming over to, to do the PhD and I suppose at that point uh, there was a lot more flexibility in terms of you know where I could be located and so on but obviously I, I went for a teaching or a lecturing position here three years ago and I've taken that up and I suppose there's so much that goes with that role and um, not just the teaching but also I'm, I'm very much focused on research so yeah, it's uh, it's very demanding, very busy. Um, for me, I suppose you know a lot of the, the travel is is the thing that took the most strain, and I certainly felt that last year. And, and I suppose that's the the primary reason behind my decision as well, because um, I know the the effects that it has. And uh, I suppose in the early days, I was quite fortunate that Waterford Airport was up and running, and that shortened the trip somewhat. Um, it could, could might only have taken six or seven hours. Um, but yeah, once that closed and that option was gone, it, it became a, a nine to 10, 11 hour journey at times. So um, yeah, I did it, for, did it for a few seasons, but I know it can only be sustained for a certain amount of time as well. Because Lincoln too, it's east of Sheffield, Nottingham, Manchester, Birmingham, that type of direction too. So uh, getting over to Ireland is not as straightforward as if you were, say, in London, for example. 
No, no, certainly not. And, um, you know, I did have a, a route from Doncaster, which is just over an hour away from, from my house, uh, into Dublin, which again, that, that was a real help actually. Um, but that shut down as well. So I've, I've often, my, my nearest airport now is Birmingham, which is the West Midlands, which is quite a way away. So, um, yeah, we are a fair way over here onto the, the east side of the country. Um, a little bit out of the way of the, the main routes, which has its advantages, of course, as well, but certainly not when it comes to getting to an airport. You say there you're over six years, Trish. The job you enjoy, from I understand, you were inspired by teachings from Christian Swan, if I'm correct, that led you going over there in the first place and haven't really looked back. Yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoy it here. Um, we're not the biggest university, but... Uh, numbers wise but I think our school the school of sport and exercise science that I work in we have a really collegiate team and um, everyone's really supportive of one another and you know I've had some fantastic opportunities to learn and to to be able to to produce you know knowledge and research that that is having an impact so I suppose I, I've really enjoyed my time here and I hope it will continue for a long time to come and yeah Christian um Christian was definitely an inspiration for me from a research perspective, but also I suppose subsequently he's he was a wonderful supervisor to me even when he moved to Australia and and also subsequently we still collaborate a lot and we work together and we're now co-supervising on PhDs, which is really lovely. Um but I didn't realise until my interview with him that he was actually from Donegal himself. Um so uh, that that kind of link um, became apparent at that point but um, yeah certainly has been a really good time for me over here and I, I really love working here and you've given some of the uh, inspiring lectures yourself I was reading one note for, I think it was from Frankie Malloy correct, uh, for, uh, forgive me if I have the name wrong saying that you're the first ever lecturer to start a lecture with a camogie stick in your hand yeah Frankie is a uh, Frankie's my colleague, and he uh, that was in reference to uh, a presentation at the research showcase uh, that I did here at the university last year. Um, so I just wanted to, I suppose, introduce people to how I became inspired by my area of research. This was a lot of people, and um, something triggers their interest. And for me, it was it was my personal experiences in Camogie of of having really enjoyable performances and. Um, these flow life states that really inspired me to get into this area of research and I suppose the best way I felt to, to capture that and to describe it was to actually show people what it was what it was all about so yeah the start of my my 12 minute presentation or, or session was was based on that and kind of introducing people to it so um yeah that was that was how it got going but yeah everyone's they really embrace some the the, the sport and they're all really curious and a lot of my colleagues are really helpful, actually, in terms of helping me with training um, and so on over the last few years, because obviously I've had to do all that all on my own. Um, so from that perspective, I've I've been quite lucky, actually, that I've got some great support here as well. Because I was just going to ask you there in regards to the um, Irish over in Lincoln, would there be much there as well, or even what your own colleagues or friends over there make of the game of camogie, let alone your commitment to it? Yeah, I suppose they... Uh, you know, YouTube is usually uh, the first port of call when it comes to, to explaining a lot. A lot of people wouldn't have heard of it. Um, I suppose that was one of the challenges for me was actually uh, that there aren't really too many teams. There's a there's a hurling team down in Nottingham. Um, and then there's the over a little bit further over in Birmingham, there's quite an active GA community over there. Um, but here in Lincolnshire, there aren't too many. I know there's 
certainly a, a couple of Gaelic footballers who would potentially be within kind of a half an hour, an hour's drive. But other than that, there aren't too many um, here that I know of, certainly from a, a GAA perspective, albeit I'm aware that there is quite a, a considerable um, population here from Ireland um, who may have arrived over here kind of a few decades ago. But I do, certainly don't know any Camogie or hurling players are in the area that I've come across yet anyway. And even as you said, you've done an awful lot of your training uh, on your own too. Have you like played any other sports over there to keep the, the team camaraderie going? Um, it was difficult because I felt a lot of my training for Camogie was obviously quite specific. Um, and for me, uh, I did initially, I'd played a little bit of Gaelic football actually one year I, I took out. Um, I didn't play much now. I would say it was more like handball how I played. I kind of caught the ball and passed it with my hand. I didn't do too much uh, with the foot, uh, but I could run around. So I played a bit actually with um, with St. Barnabas in Nottingham for one season. Um, we got to the Warwickshire final, um, which is quite special actually to have our own Naveen played over here on um, English soil uh, to, to play in a county final. We were well beaten, um, but it was really good. It was, it was fun. So that was for one year, but I think other than that, I didn't primarily because, you know, I'd have to travel quite a distance. Um, and also just at my job as well, it worked quite well for me to, to manage my own training um, a lot of the time. So, yeah, I didn't didn't really take up any other other activities. Of course, the training was going very well. And no doubt it still is because before um, you took the break out at the moment, there was the small matter there, I say, of winning an All-Ireland Club title in Crow Park at your club. Yeah, I suppose that, that happens seven or eight days before everything really um, changed, both, I suppose, within Ireland, but, but globally or, or certainly here as well. And... Um, yeah, it was a, it was fantastic. It was, I suppose, it was a very special day. Um, the way that we won it, I suppose, is makes it a, a bit of a, an emotional roller coaster. And and obviously for for our opponents, St. Rhinos, you know, it was, they were absolutely outstanding. And I think it was one of those games. It was it was tit for tat. We were up, we were down, and um, yeah, it, it was fantastic. And look, that's it's it, it was a very special day. I, I can't. Um, say anything other than that I suppose I didn't see a lot of what happened afterwards and the celebrations and and all of that because I I got back on the plane that evening and was back into work the following day but um to to do that was was fantastic especially as was obviously my my two sisters were playing um and we haven't played together that much at all in fact I think we've only played together for about eight or ten minutes all together in our lives um so that was probably about most of it in that final, just between our, our age differences and people taking time out and so on. So that was fantastic. And also, you know, as a club, um, we've had probably a couple of difficult years and um, some people who had who passed away and so on. And, and also then for a lot of the, the players who had been there for a long time, who had grown up with uh, the likes of Margot Heffernan, Anya Ling, Emma Hannan, you know, we would have played together since... In uh, 1999, we played an under-12 county final together. So for us still to all be standing, and we've all had our stints abroad at various stages as well. Um, but to come back and to win, it was certainly very special. It certainly was. You mentioned there playing with your sisters for eight to ten minutes in total. Well, you can't guess any better than your own sister, Una, getting the winning goal. Yeah, I was just thrilled for her because she'd been working so hard with tra- for training and 
Um, you know, she's a really talented player. I would always say, you know, Una has far more brains on a pitch than I'll ever have. She's she's such a good reader of the game. She she loves watching matches. Um, she goes to so many hurling games. She's just say she's a whiz when it comes to analysis of games and um, just delighted for her because she'd put in so much effort for training. Like I know people would say I was commuting and so on, but she, you know she was going up and down from Dublin. Um, and she, you know, obviously she wasn't making the, the start in 15, but she was going up and down at the start. She was getting a bus down to Waterford and then getting up at half three, four in the morning to get the bus back up the following day. And when it was midweek training and she was doing that and, um, you know, even things over Christmas, if if I wanted to go training, I think it was Christmas Eve, Stevens's day, um, no issue. She, she was there, she was training with me and, and showing me up a lot of the time. So... I think her, her commitment and her resilience and um, I suppose the mental strength to come on that last few minutes and to go for a goal um, and just to find the space the way that she did. She stepped in, she she found the space and obviously Sean offended with the hand pass then as well. But um, she she's definitely a, a really intelligent, skillful and talented player. So I was just delighted that she was on the end of that ball and stuck it in the net. Uh, Trish, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful actually tribute to Una because we, we often talk about clubs around the country and of course there's names that always stand out with any team but it's these unsung heroes like they've not guaranteed their starting place they put in the commitment even maybe even more commitment than some of the starting players that actually drive a club on and uh, a team like Galtier could not succeed without players like Una Absolutely yeah and I think that's that's one of the, the big things that I suppose we tried to to develop and to I suppose even a, at a county level as well is is that everyone plays their part and I think that's that's really important you know for me when I always approach training and approach the team I think you know everyone's there trying to contribute to make the, the team better if if you make the fifteen that's great but I suppose it's the bigger picture and um, yeah I think that's the that's the key thing and. Um, you know, having chatting to Una the day before, we were just saying she was obviously where she wasn't going to be on the team, but it's just kind of thinking, you know, you could be the finisher and um, she was in the end and that, that was the thing. But I think, you know, having great teams need to have, you know, you need to have a team, you need to have a squad. And I think everyone's aware now it's no one, no longer a 15-woman game. So, um, yeah, uh, I think she, she made the impact that, that was desired. And Galtier rewarded for the perseverance because, of course, he lost out. I think was the Clondoff the previous year by a point. Your Waterford career will be similar enough as well because it took three attempts to win an All Ireland Junior title back in 2011, and you haven't looked back the county wise since. Yeah, yeah, and I think even you know with the club we we lost the the semi final to Eglish in at the start of 2017 as well. Uh, then lost the county final to to our great uh, opponents is more and um, who are obviously a huge success at all Ireland uh, level as well over the years and so we had certainly some some challenging times and it was a hard road um from a club perspective um but yeah from a county perspective I suppose looking back to see how far it's come now it's it's just fantastic and we had those those three years where where we made the finals and, and we won on the third occasion if we even look a little bit further back I think we had two or three years where we were making semi-finals and, and we're losing. Um, and then obviously it took us a few years to to make the breakthrough at Intermediate. And I think that was one of the big things. I remember speaking to uh, Jerry Fitzpatrick, who, who was my supervisor and, and a great mentor at Waterford IT when we did go up senior. And, and it was just a case of, you know, 
all Waterford needed to do was just to keep making progress every year um, and to keep moving up the ladder. And, and I think looking back over the years, you don't kind of make jumps between levels or standards in, in one year. It does take time. And I think, you know, a lot of the, the, the rewards that are, are coming now for, for Waterford Camogie, it was, it, it didn't just happen overnight and it didn't just happen because over the last couple of years, it's happened because of a, a decade, 15, 20 years of, investment from from people all over the county um you know from from clubs from one end of the county you know the Ballyduff uppers and and the uh, tallows right down to to Gaultier and and I suppose that's that's what's led to the success over the last decade and the unprecedented rise I suppose and to be part of that has been has been very special but it's testament to a lot of people and a lot of fantastic players as well and um, so many players who who would have contributed to those junior and intermediate wins, for example, they mightn't have played at senior, but they were outstanding players. And it's been a real, real privilege to be part of that as well. And would it be fair to say, Trish, that if you were to give one bit of advice to teams, players, managers, clubs, administrations, etc., is that it's the patience to put your plan in place and build because what Waterford have achieved in the last 10 years has been down to both planning, preparation and players developing and getting stronger as they've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, um, I often make reference to something my father told me when I was starting Camogie. He went to a, a game that Waterford, or Waterford IT were playing um, against another one of the universities. And he asked if anyone from Waterford was playing. And they said, no, they don't play Camogie in Waterford, which wasn't true because Waterford had had, you know, teams for many, many years. If you look back to the, the 40s, the 50s, Waterford were contesting Munster. Um, Munster finals, All Ireland finals at senior level, um, but that was the perception, and um, it was obviously wrong because there was there was a huge amount going on. But I think the way it's come, you know, we w- there would have been fantastic work that has gone into so many clubs over the years, and every club will have their heroes. Um, you know, there there are lots of people who stand out in my mind, certainly who would have kept the game going when it wasn't as popular and it wasn't as fash- fashionable. Um, but if we look at the, I suppose, the early um, times and looking back to 2003, that was a huge breakthrough to win the Under-16B All-Ireland. Um, that was Waterford's first All-Ireland title in you know, the 99 years of the Camogie Association. And that was massive. And if you look at that team, so many of those players, you know, Charlotte Rarr, Jenny Simpson, Anya Ling, Emma Hannan, um, you know, fantastic players who who went on to be as was a real backbone of the county over the years subsequent to that. And you know, there was a lot of huge um, success at underage level as well. You know, reaching under sixteen, under eighteen finals at at B level, and then progressing up to the A standard, which has been fantastic over the last number of years. To see Waterford playing and having the opportunity for all young players in Waterford to play at the A standard is just massive, and that's that's ultimately going to be a huge help as well. And I think I'd have to give mention as well to the likes of Liz Moore, who's as a club excelled on the national stage initially, was in the Fela, um, winning All-Ireland titles and then also winning the club All-Ireland. And then obviously De La Salle, Gaultier, Cap Quinn, you know, other teams have been progressing and competing at the, the national level. Uh, and in some cases winning All-Ireland Fela titles. So the signs of, of success um, at underage level have definitely contributed. And I think also give mention to the schools as well. You know, Blackwater School would have had a, a number of years where they were hugely successful. And, you know, Sean Kiernan, Marie Russell, Jenny McCarthy, 
Katrina McGlone would have been the backbone of that team. They're all names that we're now familiar with. They're, they're, they're the players on the county teams. So, yeah, I think a lot of hard work by a lot of people all over the county has, has certainly reaped dividends. And I think certainly it's the, it's the way to go to make it sustainable and, and something that can continue for a long time. I'm glad you mentioned some of the clubs, Trish, because even if you look at the opening round of the Waterford Senior Community Championship last week, I think Capra Quinn drew with Tremor, and there wasn't much between Galtier and De La Salle before the game had to be abandoned as well. So like a competitive club environment that's coming off breeding these younger players coming through is definitely uh, allowing Waterford to, to hold their place at senior level. And I suppose if you, the best compliment you could give a Waterford Camogie is at the moment is that they go into an All-Ireland Championship or anything less than making a semi-final would probably be considered a disappointment now. Yeah, and I think that's that's fantastic. I think there's so much competition in Waterford at senior level now as well. It's fantastic. And to see so many grades that are now there as well. Like when I started out, there was probably only five or six teams and that was maybe senior and you might have a junior championship. So to now have three tiers and um, to see so much competition, like you see the teams that are in the senior uh, grade, like any one of those teams on a given day can, can beat each other. And um, I think it's, you know, club players having the opportunity to be exposed to that standard um, as well as is ultimately hugely beneficial for the county. I think also so many of the players now in Waterford are playing at, at the Ashburn Cup level, which have been, has been a huge uh, factor that has contributed as well, because now, you know, up to a decade or ago, you might not have had too many players from Waterford playing at Ashburn Cup level, whereas now it's, pretty stand that you will see in a lot of the, the big universities that there will be um, Waterford players which is another um, testament to the, to the standard of the game in the county and also it's something that then feeds back into driving the standards even higher in the county as well. Well, I'll come back to you in the Ashburn Cup in just a moment. A quick question regards Waterford's chances later on in the All-Irelands. Kilkenny will be the favourites in the group, that's understandable but with Limerick, Waterford, Westmead they will fancy their chances of making the Lockwood stages. Yeah, I think it's a wide open group. I think, you know, Westmead proved last year the, the calibre of players that they have and and to come back and to, to win the All Ireland in the way that they did. I think they'll be they'll be really um excited and looking forward to the opportunity. You know, they'll have had um that extended time now to, to get ready for the championship and I think they'll be they'll be a really strong team. You look at Limerick, um every year Limerick are a really good side that reached the quarterfinals last year and only went down by a couple of points. So I think that will be a very, very competitive um, game there. And I think obviously Kilkenny, they'll be the, the neighbours and, you know, they're coming off the back of having huge success over the last number of years in terms of reaching semifinals and finals. And I suppose from a Waterford perspective, um, they'll certainly be, be aiming high and they'll be targeting all of those games. And um, I suppose you'd have to hope that they could come out of the group, but I think it's going to be highly competitive, as I think all of the groups are. I think as a championship now, it's it's certainly going to be very competitive and it's going to be very exciting for everyone. And, and fingers crossed, everything will continue to, to go well um, nationally as well and that we will have a championship to, to look forward to later in the year. Certainly hope that is the case. Trish, one of the great things I like about the Fair Green is that we try and have a conversation too and let the conversation go, which is brilliant because we're 20 minutes into this conversation and the, we haven't even got to 2015 yet, which was about the primary reason why we wanted to talk as well because I'm not going to ask you what your 
uh, best achievement in your career is because it'd be very hard to pick. But would it be fair to say that 2015 was probably the best year? Um, as a year, yeah, it was it was fantastic, certainly. Um, it was kind of one of those years where everything that you wanted to to come right did come right. And this was just being part of great teams as well was was a factor in that as well. And um, yeah, we started off that year and won the won the Ashburn Cup with WIT, which was um which was fantastic. I I don't think we were really expected to to win it on that occasion. We were going in as underdogs. We'd lost a huge amount of players um from the year prior to that. You know, the likes of Katie Power, um, Denise Gall and just really high class players and I think we had I suppose a degree of rebuilding to go on and and we had a lot of players there who who just wouldn't have had the the same profile at that point but they certainly were the same calibre and and I think um, we were going in against UL who were you know had fantastic players and I think looking back the the games that we played against UL you know we just have so much respect for for the players there you look at Court Devan and and Julia White and just just absolutely fantastic players and um, it was just one of those days you know we worked really hard in training that season um, with Anne Downey over us and, and Paddy Mullally assisting and, and Ursa Jacob and it was just one of those times when we we worked really really hard that winter and I think even that morning we were just saying to each other that you know whatever happens today will happen and we'll just go out and give it our best and Fortunately for us, things just kind of ran for us in that game. We played really well, and um, some players just had absolutely outstanding performances. You know, uh, Megan Farrell in particular and, and Vicky Faulkner were just outstanding. And yeah, that was that was a great success. And then obviously with Waterford, we won the um, the national league against Leash. Uh, that was that was a tough game. We were definitely rebuilding at that point. We'd lost quite a few players in the previous season, and I guess it was the influx of the the new generation as it were um, and I do remember you know that the week after we played the Ashburn Cup we played Tipperary below in uh, Carganor and um, Beth Carton on her debut I think scored seven points from play and I remember in the warm-up even just saying to, to Valerie O'Brien and to Vicky this is this feels a little bit different you know all the, these new players in, in a good way and um, yeah we just went from strength to strength that year uh, we continued to grow develop and and obviously, then later in the season, won the All Ireland, and um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. We really great year, and just fortunate to be part of two teams who who gave their all, and uh, just to be part of it was fantastic. For the Ashburn Cup, it was your fifth title with Waterford IT. But as you mentioned, with the um, change of players, would it be fair to say we might be the sweetest out of the five? It was certainly very special in the sense that I think it was it was one of those days where we we got absolutely everything out of ourselves on that day. We as a team we probably um achieved as much as we could achieve from a performance perspective. So that was fantastic. And also Vicky Falconer was was the captain and I, I think she was the first ever Waterford Camogie player to captain an Ashburn Cup winning side, which is which is fantastic as well. And um I think that would that that also made it very very special, and also with it being my last year as well, um, it was it was really great to be part of. And you signed out too with player at the tournament the, um, a second time as well, an Ashburn Cup All Star, and then it went on to Waterford, and of course, league and championship double any day is great. But in Crow Park, beating Kildare, advancing to senior Camogie, and like probably a Waterford crowning moment. 
Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, we had a very tough semi final, and I think we trailed by nine points at halftime that game against Meath, and that was probably you know if you were looking back and that you were thinking how how did we pull it out of the fire as it were, and um, to come back in that game, um, you know it was testament to the resilience in the team. Meath got off to a fantastic start and did excellent performances. Jane Dolan, Christina Troy. And we were struggling and they certainly had the momentum. But I suppose as, as a team, we, we really dug deep in that second half and we wanted to, to get back and to get into that final for the first time. So, um, yeah, I think to then on the day, we, we obviously didn't get off to the best of starts. Um, but as we kind of grew into that game, I think um, we certainly asserted our uh, our searched ourselves and really got into got into our stride and took the victory on a, what, what was a, a bit of a damp day in Croke Park but we're certainly leaving with smiles on our faces and certainly those smiles will be sh- will have been shining too and of course with all that in 2015 there was the Puck Fada for a decade you were pretty much queen of the mountains seven titles and the last one there happened five years ago uh, this month um, your memories in general of competing in the Puck Fada yeah, fantastic memories. It was a, just a just a great competition, I suppose. Before I managed to win it, I suppose I would have come runner up three times as well. Um, so having been there for for ten years, and I suppose it started off initially just entering the water for a competition. I think it was about fifteen at the time. I didn't really think too much of it. Uh, didn't know what chance I'd have, and and then it just went from there. Went on to the Munster that year. Um, was up against Amanda Regan, the great court player at the time, and I would obviously have been totally in awe of her because I'd only seen her on the telly and and so on. And and it came down to the last puck. Um, and then yeah, that was my first year up in the up in the Cody Mountains, and this was look, I have great memories and you know great people up there. You know the likes of uh, Pat Hamilton in particular was always a a great person to link up with, and um, he was really helpful. And you know the locals there it was always great just to visit and to to catch up with people every year and I think yeah it was a fantastic competition to be part of until you go there it's it's probably very hard for for any of us to describe what it's like but um, I highly recommend if anyone can get to the competition in a year to do so or you know just a beautiful area and a very different obviously to a team type of performance as well and uh, very individually oriented which for me I suppose I'm quite uh, meticulous in how I prepare and probably veer towards the side of putting too much pressure on myself at times so uh, I think that was kind of self-management came into play as well but just a a fantastic experience fantastic to be be part of it and um, yeah I think it's one of those competitions where it has had equal standing with the men for uh, so long as well you know Martin Donnelly his sponsorship of the event always made sure that you know the women we're, we're taking care of the same as the men. I think that's, um, you know, great that that's been going on for so many years there as well. Of course, as you mentioned there, you were so young as well. And of course, Colleen Duffy, our own colleague, is a big fan of the competition. He gets there every year that he can. But when you when you find yourself at 15 years of age, pay up against the likes of Amanda Regan, someone you would have been in always, like, there's every, always this little moment at the start of someone's career where you realise, yeah, you're, you're finally mixing it up with your heroes as well. Would it be safe to say that was probably the moment for you where you realised that you were now getting involved and competing with these people that you've looked up to over year, over the previous time? Yeah, I suppose, and and to some extent, I'd have had a little bit of a an experience of what it was like from playing with adults because I suppose in our club, 
um, you kind of started to make the the step up to this playing adult level at the time at quite a young age. So I, I think I'd played my first senior game probably I think when I was ten. Uh, I was standing in corner forward for someone, um, and then I suppose got going at thirteen. I, I was playing senior championship and. Um, so I'd had kind of a bit of experience of playing against adults and would tended to have stayed on after the 12 training to go up and train with the seniors sometimes as well. So that was kind of my introduction to that. So um, it was always great. It was always great. And I suppose the following year, then I was into the, the county setup a few months later, actually, it would have been. Um, so for me, uh, I think that year we could we won the, the club uh, championship as well for the first time. I think that was the first time in 16 years we won the senior championship. So... There was kind of a lot going on that year as well, and the puck father was that was my introduction to it. As you, I can see, just writing down here in front of me now, a headline: Trish Jackman, senior debut with ten. That'll definitely get the talking going. <laughs> yeah, we might keep that out of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we keep that to ourselves. Uh, Trish, the, the last one, the seventh one, I suppose. Uh, there was a bit of I won't say controversy at the end, but there was a delay in announcing the results as well because you're up against Katrina Daly from Galway too. Was that frustrating having to wait um, over a day before you finally found out that you'd won your seventh title? It's just one of those things, I suppose, and and I suppose you just had to wait and to to be patient and just to wait for it to come through. So, um, for me. It, you know that it was, certainly wouldn't say that it was that would that it was frustrating. It was just one of those things. Well, it definitely, it was well merited too, as well. The seventh title too, and there's so much more Trish that we could go through here. Like I'm looking at league titles, go back to all seven division two titles, ten, fifteen as well. But we're well gone past our time, and we're going to in this segment now. Thanks a million for that, and now we're going to move on to the fantastic four, um, where we ask our guests on the fair green to pick the two best players that they've played with, and that can be club, county, or college, and the two best they've. Played played against as well. So Trish, we're going to start with yourself and we're going to start with the two players you've played with. So first I'll ask you the best player you've played with and why. Uh, the first player I'll go for will be Waterford's Beth Carton. Um, Beth is a player who I probably saw playing or, or pucking around for the first time in probably 2008 her father Joey was taking us for a training session in Walsh Park before an All-Ireland semi-final and I just was asking people afterwards there was there was a young player down at the other end of the field pucking balls over the bar left and right um, and someone said it was Beth Carton and I suppose that was that was the first time I thought I think that that could be an all-star down there um, and just have had the opportunity to play with her and um, she she came through the ranks, obviously, with the, with some very good teams. And she was the leader of those teams at underage level in Waterford. There's no doubt about it. And she's had huge success. She's a double all-star. Um, you know, Ashburn Cup player of the tournament, Ashburn winning captain. She, and it's not just in terms of her playing. I think everyone sees Beth and she's a fantastic player out there on the day. But what I find, I suppose, really inspirational about great teammates is how they train. Because um, I love training. I love pushing myself as hard as I could. And I love teammates who would do that as well. And Beth would always be kind of head and shoulders up there. She'd be driving everybody on. Um, her technical ability um, is just phenomenal. Um, it's it's very difficult um, to, to compare anyone to her because she's just that good. Uh, to be able to move from striking your freeze on your left to 
to taking them up on your right. I mean, for a player to be capable of doing that, um, for example, that's just that's just one thing. And I think she's really progressed her game. She's developed now. She's, you know, she started. She came onto the senior team and she was kind of wing forward position. But now she's very much a leader and she can play midfield, half forward line, full forward line. And uh, yeah, fantastic player and a fantastic uh, player for us all to look up to as well in how she plays the game. And she was, I think it's without a shadow of a doubt, she is the uh, the face of Waterford Camogie for the next generation coming through. And if if the county is to get across the um, line and get that elusive All-Ireland title, it'll be Beck Carton, the one that'll be driving them there. Yeah, certainly. And I think there's so many players that she, you know, that, that are, of, you, that she has inspired and, and I think a lot of players really want to get up to that level and um, I think Beth she's she's a very humble individual um, but as I said just the way she trains like even last year when I did go back I just always wanted to be in her group and training um, I always wanted to be partnered with her if I could because I just knew I was going to get better by playing on her even if she was making a show of me at times um, you know you were always going to get better you were always going to be challenged and um, you know, always just even just the simple things of pucking around with her, the, the ball was always kind of straight into your hand. And uh, yeah, she's she's just an amazing player, remarkable player. And um, hopefully, she'll she'll get that success at Waterford in the next few years as well. He certainly will be very very close. We've no doubt about that. So, Bet Carton is the first of Trish Jackman's fantastic four. Trish, the second player that you played with, and why? Yeah, the same player I've gone for will be in in the defence, and that will be Kilkenny's Anne Dalton. So I'm able to, to sneak Anne in here because I would have played with her in Waterford IT. Um, Anne was just a, a fantastic player, and I was very fortunate to play alongside her in the half back line in uh, the second second Ashburn Cup win um, that we played up in Pure Stadium and. Anne is probably just a player. I think she could have played in any generation. I think she she's shown that you know she she was there one of the top players at the end of the the noughties and and yet she's still here one of the outstanding players. I think she's a player who can pound for pound. I think she's as good as there's been in over the last decade, fifteen years. And um, she can play in any line of the field. She's a remarkable reader of the game. And I, I just think when you watch Anne play, it's almost like things happen a bit slower. She just seems to have more time on the ball. She seems to be able to, you know, do things off the cuff, which most players wouldn't even think of, let alone be able to do. And I think she, she makes the game look much easier than it is. And, and she's also a, a fiercely a determined individual and um, her appetite for training was always outstanding. And, just a really strong individual out on a, on a field as well. She's able to manage a game and her te- intelligence um, on the field to play is just outstanding. So I suppose for those reasons, I would have selected Anne Dalton. I was actually watching her recently at the Kilkenny Club Championship match as well for St. Lockton's this downy and she was all those things and it just goes to show how um, uh, recognised she is in Camogie circles. This is only our third Camogie interview in the Fair Green and Anne Dalton is the first person to be named twice. She's that respected around the country. Yeah and I suppose you know Anne she, she strikes it off her left. She's the, the hurl turned the other way a lot of the time when she's picking the ball up and she still makes it look just remarkably fluid, easy, everything she does. She can move left, right, and um, you know, to be able to transition from playing in the half back line to playing up in the, in the half forward line and full forward line sometimes. 
Um, yeah, it was just a real privilege actually to, to play alongside her and, and so many of those players during that time at Waterford IT. So we have Beth Carton and Anne Dalton as the two players you've played with. Now we're moving to the two players you've played against. Again, it can be club, county or college. So Trish, the first player you've played against and why? Yeah, I suppose I've, I've, for me, um, one player I always admired was Wexford's Kate Kelly. Um, I think this was number one, an exceptionally skillful player. Um, and always seemed to be able to do it on the big occasion when her team most needed her, whether that was with her club, St. Ivers, Chameliers, or with Wexford. And I think for me, that Wexford team were an outstanding team um, as well. So was when I was growing up, the, the team that I loved to watch was the Tipperary Senior Camogie team. They were the, the, the pinnacle for me. I, I love watching that team. And um, and then I think Wexford were probably the, and Cork came along a few years later, but for me, I think Kate, even just playing, you know, we would have played St. Ivers, her club, and Wexford over the years a lot, even in challenge games and, and so on. And whether it was a wet pitch in February or a, a dry sod in the summer, she she always was the leader on her team. Uh, and I think the longevity of her career as well. Um, you know, she was a player who, who did it for so many years. And I think so many people will never forget I was I was in in Walsh Park when she got that point I think it was against Tipperary a few years ago in the quarterfinal mm, um, you know that that was a very special moment but I think for me just just how she plays the game and she always just seemed to be there that step ahead of everyone almost at times and um, for me she was she was a fantastic player and so certainly someone that would have huge admiration for as well and even though that Wexford team had pretty much gradually declined since their last All-Ireland win in 2012, Kate Kelly was still producing magic moments like that and winning All-Stars all the way up to her retirement. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, she's a player who's hugely committed as well because she would have been working a lot down Waterford City and, and travelling up and down. And, um, you know, my understanding is she has a huge involvement with her club now as well, which is fantastic. And, she was always, you know, as I said, fiercely determined and um, definitely gave her all every occasion, whether it was in her club or her county jersey. And um, to do it for as long as she did um, and to perform at the level that she did, I think is, uh, you know, she'll certainly be remembered for, for many years to come. She will, certainly will indeed. So we have Beth Carton and Dalton and Kate Kelly in the Fantastic Four. Our final selection, Trish, the second player you've played against and why? Yeah, so the second player um, I'm going with is Neve Mulcahy from Limerick. Um, I think, you know, Neve would have won her first All-Star and I think um, a lot of people would have raised questions about why she'd been overlooked for, for so long and I think she's probably the most deserved All-Star, I would I would say. Um, for me, I would have first seen Neve playing when she was playing with the Ahan boys in the Fela in 2004. Um, they got to the other semi-final. I was I was on the Ballygunner squad. We got to we were knocked out unfortunately in the semi final. But Neve was wasn't just playing for a hand boys. She was leading them. She was at midfield and uh, I suppose she was a player. Then I started to follow for many years uh, when I was starting out in my career. And for me, I think the the reason I would say Neve is that Neve, you know, she was always the leader on that Limerick team. And I think, you know, had she been in. You know, Limerick are obviously to the fore now as well, but but Neve would be an outstanding player in any team in any era. She 
you know, she can just take off on a, on a solo run um, and she just seems to carve through a defence. She can, you know, she, she can get up there, she can catch ball. And I think it was just her leadership when, you know, there were some difficult years for Limerick and she, she continued, she kept going. And um, I think any time Limerick do well, Neve Mulcahy generally does well. And I suppose we would have come across Limerick a lot over the years as well. Um, I think I was quite fortunate actually um, to, to play with Neve when it came to the, the Gay Lynn. Um, there was one season I had the opportunity to play with her with Munster and that was that was something I, I, I really cherish because just to play with someone who you'd really looked up to and the way she plays the game and the way she conducts herself um, was, was definitely a special moment. So I suppose, yeah, that's some of the reasons I would, I would go for Neve. As you mentioned, Neve there too, she's one of the first names, probably the first name you always look for in a Limerick side. And while she was planning to take this year out, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if she shows up in a green jersey later in the year. Yeah, I don't know her plans. I don't know her plans, so I couldn't comment on that. But certainly if she wasn't there for Limerick, she'd be a huge loss, there's no doubt about it. Um, and I suppose we just have to wait and see whether or not she's in a in a position or putting herself back into the fray for for this year as well but I think the the camogie pitches of Ireland would be would be the worst off if she wasn't there um, because I think we always love to see the great players out playing and um, yeah we'll just have to, to wait and see on that one but a fantastic player and has done it for so many years you know she would have been there in the, the mid-noughties she started very young with the Limerick team kind of 15-16 years old and would have seen a lot of you know the ups and downs as with any county that can happen and um, through it all, she was she was the constant thread and always the, the player who who was generally racking up eight, ten, twelve points a game consistently. Um, so for me, I think she's she's an outstanding player and one who who I hope gets the 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 recognition that that her skills deserve as well. Well, she certainly will be the driving force for Limerick, if not this year, definitely next year. So, Trish Jackman's fantastic fours, Beth Carton from Waterford, and Dalton from Kilkenny, Kate Kelly from Wexford, and Neve Mulcahy from Limerick. Trish, just before I let you go, one question I forgot to ask you about that golden year 2015 that we were talking about. Well, this would have happened early 2016, but it was based on 2015 when you became the first female sports person to win the WLRFM Granville Hotel GA Award. That definitely must have been a proud moment for yourself. Yeah, I think for me, the, the, the biggest thing for me was that it was, I suppose, number one, it was great for, for women's sport. Um, but number two, also for Komobi, and it was it was great for family and I suppose the club in particular, um, because this was I owe so much to the club and, you know, the, the amount of effort and hard work and um, the support that it would have got over the years as well was great. And I suppose just to see Camogie um, recognised in that way was fantastic. I think, you know, you look, Beth Carton has subsequently gone on to, to win that award on, on two occasions since. So um, hopefully that will continue for many years to come, that, that you know, that women's sport will continue to, to get that recognition. And I think also when it comes to WLR, um, who were one of the, the main contributors to that award as well, they've done fantastic work on Camogie and um, before it became kind of popular I suppose um, the late Kevin Casey would have given so much time and coverage to Camogie uh, over the years and I think from a, a media perspective you know you, people in the media probably don't recognise just how much of an impact it can have by giving an extra few minutes to women's sport or giving an extra half a page of coverage because you know if that maybe 
gets picked up by some young girl out there and they're inspired to pick it up because of that it can have a huge impact so um yeah it was certainly fantastic but i think more importantly for for women's sport and for Kamobi as well I think it was fantastic for all concerned on that occasion. And as you mentioned, Bet has won it twice uh, since. And hopefully uh, many more Camogie players for Waterford and even ladies football players as well will pick up that award in the future. Trish Jackman, this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you here. Um, thank you very much for joining us on the Fair Green. I've really, really enjoyed the show. Thank you. And that's it for another edition of the Fair Green. Our team song, National Duality, comes from Joseph McDade, and you can hear more from him by checking out josephmcdade.com slash music. Don't forget to watch out for our ladies' football show on Thursday evening, where we'll be joined by Dublin's Steve Collins. And we'll be back with the Curtain Razor on Friday, where we look ahead to the weekend and the Camogie Championships in Down and Armagh. With that, I'd like to thank our Camogie guest again, Trish Jackman from Waterford. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was The Fair Green. 